Hey everybody, it's Terrell Cummings, and this is episode four of season two of the Always Relevant Podcast. And today, Dan and I are going to be going into and talking about the week one of the college football season. I'm talking about coaches and how they coach kids nowadays versus old school, and whether that video of Trent Dilfer is relevant today or not. Uh, the Cincinnati Reds and how they've been on a slide and potentially might not make the playoffs. Uh, NFL games coming up week one, what we think about them. Uh, we have rapid fire segment as always. Uh, get rid of Dane and also mess with money with Rel. So uh, we're looking forward to it. We hope you are too. Here we go. Enjoy the show. Our body is Terrell Cummings with Dane DeMail. This is episode four of season two of the Always Relevant podcast. Dane, what's going on, man? Nothing much, man. Football's about to start. We already got some college, and now the big boys coming on this weekend. I'm excited. Oh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely excited as well. I say it was a great college football slate. You know, it was playing, you know, conference games against each other, big games happening all over on Saturday. I was glued to my TV all day, even though I had school going on. Didn't matter. I was definitely watching some football. I was definitely enjoying it. I'm glad football season's back, man. Nothing like it. Nothing like it. So let's kick off, let's kick off our show how we normally would. Let's go with how are you and how are you really, and I'll go ahead and kick it off. How am I? I'm good. I have, I have no complaints. And how am I really? The same. I'm good. So I have a lot of stuff going on in school, a lot of things to finish up, but I got a few assignments out of the way, a few papers out of the way. And uh, it's like you're starting to see a lot of you in the tunnel for this term. So we have classes off, one class off this past week, one class off this uh, upcoming week. And then the following week, we have our last class that's going to be done. So take my final exams. I'm done with that. It's just really my one final project for each class that I have to do. I have one final paper for um, for one of them as well. So almost there. It's all right. I can almost breathe. And uh, that's how I'm feeling. So overall, I'm not mad. I'm feeling good, man. So well, you, man? How are you? How are you really? Oh, man, you know, I'm good. You know, it was Labor Day weekend. Today's Labor Day. Uh, you know, just hanging out, had some cookouts going on. But the good part is, how am I really? I'm great, man. Football's back. I got something, you know, San Janeiro Festival in New York City coming up soon. I'll be out there. How large your boy? I got that meatball with pasta. It's like this big. I'm going to eat two of them at the San Janeiro and drink me some Peronis. Man, I'll tell you what, if you got to New York City, Little Italy, hit it up. That starts, when does that start? 16th through the 26th this uh, month. Okay, Come that's, on that's out for that. And then, then, real quick, we're going to do the Sun Festival in Ocean City, Maryland, October 1st. Come out that weekend. Blues Travelers playing. Actually, I don't care who's playing by the time they start, <laughs> but I'm going to be there. And right. uh, hit us up at Coconuts. We'll be at Coconuts having a good time. So nice. I'm ready. I love September. Nice. Nice. That's good. I've got to New York because I've never been to New York City ever. And you know, I've been everywhere in the country, just never there for whatever reason. So I'll hit you up on that. He'll take me up to Little Italy, see what it's all about, and get some festivals and see what's good. So I look forward to that sometime here in the future. For if sure. you don't know what the San Janeiro is, watch The Godfather. All right. That's what's Remember going that on out there when everybody's getting whacked and stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> good to know. Good yeah. to know. Okay. So. Everybody wants to know. We talked about having goat yoga. What happened? Brain, man. I can't go to the farm. It was canceled. So now I'm all stressed out about this game coming up, man. This is the Chiefs and Arrowhead, and I didn't get my goat yoga, and I only got one crab cake last time I was out to eat. So I'm a little tense right now. 
So maybe I have to do, how are you? How are you really? How are you really, really? I'm a little stressed. No goat yoga, one crab cake for $33. It's rough out there, actually. Yeah. Now I think yeah. about it. You sound a little worried, man. Sound worried about those brownies. Yeah. So well, I'm going to try to, yeah, there's too much going on now. Goat yoga is probably going to take a back seat, but, uh, you know, I'll definitely be trying it again. Definitely be hitting it up. I've already been online seeing how I can get it, get it fit in, but we'll see what happens. Whenever you do that, definitely let us know because we want to have the play-by-play. I want to know how that really goes down. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we work out a bonus segment. Uh, for um, for Lee's drink recipe, but unfortunately, Lee, who reached out to me today saying he's going to send me the recipe, didn't send me a recipe. So, Dane, I think we have a backup drink recipe for uh, for this week. What you got for us? So, yeah, right before we started here, I think we're going to do a live test here for our drink of the week here. So, I got here Trick or Treat Chocolate Pumpkin Porter from the Evil Genius Brewing Company. So... 12 ounces, 7.8% by volume. It's brewed in Pittston, PA. All right, so there it is. Right there. All right. Came in a six-pack cans. Dane's already thinking fall. He said, all right, summer's over. Uh, it's Labor Day. I'm already thinking fall. So you thinking fall with the pumpkin. Right. The pumpkin spice drink, but close enough. Pumpkin beer. Uh, the Chocolate pumpkin. Resembles it. You say what? Never, yeah, I'm pouring it right now. I've never... Uh, thought about mixing chocolate and pumpkin together no hey first time for everything i'd give it a try too why not yeah there it is right there give it a shot all right got it in my ice mug getting ready for the game here yeah dane's dane's drinking from a cleveland browns ice mug right now so he's doing a live taste test of of this brew so let's see if if it's for real or not because Dane's not quite the beer snob that our resident mixologist Lee is, but we'll see what he says. Wow. That is really good. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, my gosh. Like, that really put me in a good mood after th- thinking about them crag cakes and missing the goat yoga and everything for the game. Man, <laughs> that's good. So, right there, highly recommend by Evil Genius and Pittston, PA. Trick or treat, chocolate pumpkin porter. Evil treat, give it a try. Chocolate pumpkin porter. Evil genius out of Piston, PA. Remember that yeah. we're going to try to do this every week. We have some kind of drink, whether it's uh, something from a local brewery near us or something that Lee, our resident mixologist, you know, he didn't make it this time. He will get a few beverages for everybody. That's going to correspond with our show and with the time of year and everything. So good to know. We'll keep that moving uh, for sure, Dane. You enjoy that during this during this podcast? I'm sure you will. Maybe you have a couple. And, yeah, uh, we'll shockingly, it's not real heavy. It's pretty smooth for something. Yeah. You hear pumpkin chocolate, you're probably thinking it'll fill you up like a meal, man. That thing went down smooth. Right. I'm ready to get started. I'm ready to talk some football now. <laughs> well, here we go. Hey, that's what you do because, you know, you're going to lead us off for a college football segment in week one. Everything happened. We have a rundown of games. There's some great games that went on this weekend. What you got for us, man? All right, so this is some great football this weekend. We're going to bust, bust, break it down here and keep it real with the uh, scores. We're not going to sugarcoat nothing. If we don't like something, we're going to let you know. If we <laughs> like something, we're going to let you know. And it's going to be coming straight from the heart because we don't yes, like sir. bad football. We like good football. So we're going to start off with the big one Thursday night, Ohio State at Minnesota. Not going to lie, Ooh. I was worried early. I think it was 21-17. At halftime, they ended up winning 25 31. Uh, Stroud had 294 yards, four touchdowns was his final. 
Um, on the Minnesota side at Ibram, great running back, man. That guy's good. He's fast and he sees yeah. the hole. He had 30 hey. carries, 163 yards, two touchdowns, but he got hurt in the third. So yeah, so I think Ohio State can be a little lucky. He got hurt in the third because they were they were definitely controlling the ball, controlling the clock. Ohio State scored some big plays in the third quarter, but they still had ball control overall. And you're right, Ibram, he has good speed, good quickness, great vision, and great patience, which is hard to see and like you know, hard to have and hard to find in um collegiate backs. Usually those top backs are the ones that have all those characteristics. And he had them all. And they definitely had I think they definitely had a hot day on the ropes for a while as far as that. But here's my take on the game. I think Minnesota's a good football team. Yeah. Uh their tackle was six nine three eighty, right? We're talking big boys, dude. Uh, (laughs) Uh, I forget his name right now, but uh Minnesota's got players that transfer from Texas A&M wide receiver that caught that first touchdown. Watch out for Minnesota in the West, man. I ain't lying. I thought they looked good. Uh, You know, a lot of people are saying Ohio State looked bad. I'm kind of on the other side of it. I think Minnesota's pretty good. It was at Minnesota. That's Stroud's first game, and he looked really iffy, not good early. But you know what happened? Ohio State on offense, athletes just took over. Olave, he's going to be a great NFL player. Uh, Ohio State's athletes just take over, and that's what it is. I am still a little worried about the Buckeyes' defense. I think they're still a little sketchy. Now, for them, I, I heard something that their DBs, like their normal starting DBs, they were sitting this game for whatever he's on over because of the COVID protocol or what. So they have some younger DBs in, in there than what they normally would have. So maybe that was part of it. I mean, that doesn't really help with them stopping the run because that's really where Minnesota got them. It was control the ball and was keeping them off the field. And then when Shroud was on the field, Minnesota was playing solid defense. Um, Shroud, I mean, he's a freshman. He's, what, 19 years old? Yeah, 19. It was a big game under the lights in Minnesota. And they had some, you know, a little bit of weather. I mean, so those odds right there aren't really, like, in his favor as far as that, especially Minnesota was better than probably anticipated. Um, but like I said, athletes took over in the end. And, um, you know, how they did what everybody pretty much expected to do in the second half. But Minnesota, I think you're right. I think they are better than what they were last year. They had a lot of injuries, a lot of COVID issues last year. And they have a lot of guys that have played together from the year before that are back this year. And I think that they are – they're ready to go. I think that um, – that coach PJ Flex got him rolling the boat out there and seeing Ski Ma and everything else. So, real quick, I'm throwing out last year in the Big Ten. I'm going more off of how they were before COVID started. Uh, yeah. Like a lot of those Minnesota players, like the tackle I mentioned, were uh, sat out for COVID. Right. Uh, last year, I'm not even I'm not even going to go there. Uh, I think we're getting the Minnesota from two years ago, the the PJ Fleck program that he's building right. over there. Congrats to Minnesota, man. I mean, they played hard. I honestly, Ohio State is that talented. They're that good. Uh, yeah. So we're going to move along here. Some of the bigger games we'll talk a little more about and then we'll blow through a couple. So the other big one was Clemson, Georgia. Uh, yeah. Boy, would Woody Hayes be happy. Boy, would uh, Newt Rodney <laughs> love this game. Like, because nothing was happening. It was man. two inches in a cloud of dust, right? Yeah, defense struggled to the core. No one could do anything. The only touchdown of the game was on a pick six that a DJ, I'll call him DJU, who's quarterback for Clemson, threw <laughs> to the, the safety from Georgia. He took about 60 or 70 yards to the house. 74 that yards. Yeah, that was the only touchdown of the game. Other than that, 100% defensive struggle. I think both teams have solid defenses. I think Clemson is lacking on offense from what it looked like. Like I feel like Georgia had a little probably could have had a little more offense and they'll probably do a little bit better, even though they're gonna face the SEC schedule. That's gonna be tough. 
but I don't know how Clemson's going to do overall. I mean, they're not going to face SEC defense the rest of the year, so they're probably going to run it up on everybody, but they're not last year's team. And I think it also, I don't think DJU is uh, Trevor Lawrence. I think there's definitely a difference. Uh, no one's like Trevor that. Lawrence. I mean, he's a one, he's supposedly a once in a generation talent. Right. Right. Uh, so the, the stats on this game are crazy. Like I said, you know, this has been, you know, oh man, Vince Lombardi would have loved this, right? Georgia, 135 <laughs> passing yards, 121 rushing yards. Now, here's the kicker Clemson, 178 passing yards, two rushing yards. Clemson had two, count it, two rushing yards the entire game. Hey, um, you're just front seven serious, though, man. You see that big D tackle, number 99? That dude yeah. in face. After so, the game, he didn't look winded. He was just yeah. killing. That's both awesome. defenses, I think, are really good. But at the end of the day, I think it's both. Both offenses going to need some work. All right? Yeah. All, All right, right, let's move it along here. Uh, let's go to the game we watched last night because that was a great one. Notre Dame versus Florida State. Florida State won 41-38. Big-time game. Big win on the road. What would you think? Um, you know what? Honestly, like, it was a good game. Um, I thought Notre Dame was going to end up blowing them out. But Florida State, they showed heart. Florida State, they're athletic. They didn't quit. Um, it was good to see McKenzie Milton, the former quarterback from UCF, had probably one of the most gruesome injuries you'll see out there. Yeah. Uh, didn't think he'd even be able to walk again. He's back playing football three years later. He's pretty much All-American at UCF, and he came in to Florida State, and he wasn't the starter. It's kind of crazy. He's a backup, and he accepted that role. By the you could tell he was ready. Because he got in the game when the starting quarterback in the fourth quarter lost his helmet on the play, had to sit out. And after that, McKinsey yeah. went in and drove him right down the field and scored. Didn't come out the game the rest of the time. So I mean, that should tell you something. Dude, maybe lost his starting spot to this guy. And um, have you ever seen anybody lose their job that quick? So quick, like lost one play mid drive. Yeah, one play. And the next play, McKinsey Milton could like a twenty-two yard pass, and then they went down to score a touchdown. That's uh, why this is different, right? Because, like, say somebody gets hurt for the rest of the game or gets hurt for a quarter or hurt for a couple months and then the guy takes over. Right. This dude literally just lost his helmet, right, and was ready <laughs> to go next play and lost his job. So for all you young players out there, be ready. I'll tell you what my dad always said, don't get hurt because That's somebody's right. going to take your job. Yep. Ray Lewis said it best. All you have is your availability. Right. And and dude wasn't available for one play. Right. One play he wasn't available for, and he lost his job. Hey, but during that one play, Florida State was down by 18 points in the fourth quarter. 18. And that one play he was out on, McKenzie Milton led him back and took the overtime. They lost. Kicker ended up missing it, missing a field goal left, like a 35 yard field goal, missed it left. But still, the fact that they're even in the conversation to, um, to even take it to overtime, I mean, that was pretty impressive. So, you know what? The kicker is getting some undue stress for this, right? All right. I'm going to call that kicker. He was the goat of the game. He missed the overtime field goal. That's right. I'm old enough to remember when Goat met you were the guy who choked and lost the game. Goat wasn't greatest of the all time 20 years ago. Goat was, you were the one that lost the game. Hey, you yeah, I think the up. putting them into overtime. That kicker is the goat. Hey, he kicked the 47-yard field goal to take him to <laughs> overtime. He's got a little something there. But you know what, though? Notre Dame's defense deserves a lot of credit because they were getting their butts kicked in the fourth quarter, and they made a, a big-time stop there in overtime, making that kicker kick that long field goal. And then Florida State's defense deserves a, credit, a lot of credit because they came in 
and shut it down, right? For their yeah, they did. Only when you're Notre Dame, you know one thing you know Notre Dame's going to have? A kicker. Notre Dame always going to have a kicker, right? So if your game's coming down to a field goal against Notre Dame, you're probably in trouble because Duke going to knock it through. Yeah, true. True. All right, so that was a great game. Uh, Big shout-out to the uh, Notre Dame quarterback, too. Cohen, 366, four touchdowns, big-time performance. Solid. Uh, for a guy who's played for like eight different colleges and he's probably 32 years old, but you know, that's, that's true. He's, he's actually 23. He's yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, all right, we're going on Penn State, Wisconsin, big boy football. Another one all the old school guys would love. Boy, don't you love this old school football's back, the boring kind that makes your girlfriend hate it and not want to watch anymore. So we got Penn State winning 16-10, right? Uh, Penn State had 50 rushing yards. It's a little better than Clemson, but nothing to talk about. Bit. Yeah, 247 passing yards. Wisconsin, 185. They're more balanced. 185 rush, 174. Usually a team that controls the line of scrimmage wins. Not in this case, because you know why. I'm going to tell you the same thing, and what I say right now can be played for the last 20 years of Wisconsin football and probably the next 20 years of Wisconsin football. They don't have a quarterback. They never have a quarterback. Never going to win nothing until they get a quarterback. Mertz had two interceptions. Terrible. Terrible. Hey, Notre Dame's quarterback's former quarterback in Wisconsin, though, right? It's the program. It's got to be the program. I don't know what it is. They need a quarterback. They never hey, have a quarterback. Wisconsin was in the red zone four times and turned it over three of those times. Yeah, that doesn't that, help. That's what I'm Yeah, can't do that. Can't do that. But, but you know what? At the end of the day, I'm going to give Penn State's due. It's hard to win in Wisconsin on the road week one. Um, are, are are both teams for real though? Clifford was a mistake, but. Clifford was pretty much mistake-free for Penn State. He only had one touchdown, you know, less than 200 yards. But, you know, mistakes kill you. Now, or do I think either of them are for real? Yeah. I thought they both looked pretty good. I mean, it's going to be hard to tell, but they definitely look like they're some – Penn State's always got athletes. They're always filled with NFL draft picks. Yeah. Um, sure. I think Franklin's a good coach, but, you know, we'll see. You know what I mean? Right. What else? Right. Anything else on that game? Pretty oh, much yeah. Three three yards and a cloud of dust. Penn State is old school. You can't you can't you, know, you can't beat that. I'm gonna bring this one up briefly. I was tough to beat at home. They whooped Indiana 34-6. I know yeah, Indiana kind of preseason darling. I didn't think they were whooping that bad. I thought they would win. I just didn't think it would be like that. Like they did them, they did them wrong. So I don't know if I was just that much better or if IU had fallen off that much since the previous year or what. I think I think, I think I used back to Indiana football. They're one of them teams maybe that were well coached in the COVID era and took advantage of it. I'm not right. going to come out yet, but it is IU. So, yeah. right. sorry yeah. if you're listening to this one. Yeah, that's probably more what I expected. I was hey, only hey, home. Lee, Lee's a Notre Dame football fan. I remember that. That's true, yeah. Yeah. So All right. So, I'm going to talk about this one briefly. Alabama versus Miami, just because it's Alabama being Alabama. They won 44-13. to 13. Their new quarterback, Young, had four touchdowns. Uh, Alabama had 147 yards rushing and 354 passing to the U's, 88 rushing and 178 yards passing. No love loss. I hate Miami. That's no secret, so I don't really care. Your thoughts on this game? <laughs> Alabama came out and did what Alabama does to teams. So pretty much unless they're cleansing from the ACC, Alabama rolls on them. So no surprise here. Miami, I think they probably are getting better. They're not up. They're not top tier ACC yet. They're definitely not able to hang with Alabama. They might. They might be able to do something in the ACC, but that's it. They're not. They're not with the big boys yet. They have. They have ways to go. 
we need to get like a garbage can we can flash on the screen when we talk about <laughs> garbage. Miami, garbage. Hey, Miami, garbage. you got to bring back the U. The college garbage. ball needs the U. They need the U. Garbage. The most irrelevant franchise since 2002. All right. Uh, University, sorry. Even though they're all paid now, I guess you could say franchise. Uh, <laughs> legally paid. Uh, I want to I talk about this one because – this kind of goes back to what we were talking about our last one. Tulane and Oklahoma. So Oklahoma squeaks out Tulane, T-U-L-A-N-E. I challenge all my viewers out here, unless you're a diehard you know, football fan, probably don't even know where Tulane is. So Oklahoma, 116 yards rushing, 314 passing. Tulane, 100 yards rushing, 296 passing. That tells me it's an even game. It isn't yep. even a fluke. That's an even game, man. So I'm sick of hearing about Oklahoma. If Oklahoma gets in the playoff this year, I'm done with college football. I don't care if they run the table in the Big 12. This game right here tells me all I need to know about Oklahoma football. I'm tired of hearing about Oklahoma football. Paul Feinbaum, you put Oklahoma over Ohio State? Over Ohio State in your poll? You have no credibility. Who even lets you on TV? Stay down and talk SEC football. Actually, SEC sucks. We're going to get into more of that here in a minute. It's all Alabama, but you go ahead, Terrell. What you got? No, I'm with you. Tulane came out. They represented well. I mean, the game was supposed to be in Tulane. For anybody that doesn't know, Tulane is in New Orleans. So the game was supposed to be in New Orleans. It got moved to Oklahoma. Oklahoma said, hey, you come in. We'll open up the lower bowl. Any ticket sales go to Tulane. So that was a good gesture by Oklahoma. Alabama let Tulane practice in their, in their indoor practice facility so they could prepare for the game. That was nice of Coach Saban in Alabama and everything. Lane came out, smacked in and out, showed them they were for real. And um, Spencer Rattler even said, like, that it is the hardest hitting team that he's ever played against, ever, as far as that. So, Spencer <laughs> Rattler being Oklahoma's quarterback, that's to say something. Maybe he's not used to getting hit, but I don't know. Um, either way, uh, Oklahoma, their defense was supposed to be the star. They were supposed to, their defense was supposed to be what took them to the national championship, was supposed to take them to the playoff. I don't know how you can say that now if, they, if Tulane did that to them. There's no D in Big 12. It sucks. Hey, I'll come the SEC, though. Not the SEC. Just saying. Yeah. Then You know what? I'll be glad when they go in the SEC because they won't have to talk about them anymore. They'll be like Indiana. All right. What <laughs> we got here? Uh, all right. I'm done with Oklahoma. I don't even know why I'm talking about them. Uh, you can't bring up LSU and UCLA. Oh, yeah. We got to talk LSU and UCLA. How about Chip Kelly? 38-27. I love it, the SEC, come on, man. It's all Alabama, right? Georgia and Alabama probably. Georgia, but we – I don't think Clemson's as good, but whatever, they won the game, right? It was right. in Charlotte at Bank of America Stadium. So, good for them. But I'm giving Chip Kelly his due. They blew out Hawaii. He was not a great football team or anything, but they still took care of business. And then they won, whooped Ed Oregon, who before he won the national child, title, that same idiot, Paul Feinbaum, called him the worst uh, – Coach in the history of SEC. Well, I think he's trying to get his title back. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, it seems like it. Hey, one thing, I, I don't know if Coach O can coach. I know he couldn't use your recruit. And he got Joe Burrow to go there. Joe Burrow got him the national championship. My guy, my statue up there and everything. Can't hate on that. Did what he did. Um, what's it going to be going forward? I don't know. LSU, like we've talked about before, LSU, they're kind of able to recruit themselves. They have athletes. They have plenty of NFL players. So you just need to get that quarterback and take them over top. I don't know Did if they you have see that UC or not. Yeah. Did you see UCLA trolling them on Twitter? 
No. Is that what Ed Oregon said about their uh, pansy blue sweaters or something like that? No, I didn't see what they said. So after, after they show Ed Oregon walking in, you see like football posts on Twitter, and then after that, all of them are celebrating. <laughs> Rowan, yeah, hey, LSU, you're getting trolled by UCLA. Trolled by UCLA. Boy, uh, what is that? What were the commercials used to be? Life comes at you fast. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. They have nothing to say about either. Nothing LSU had 49 rushing yards, I might add. LSU, 49 rushing yards. That's very uncharacteristic of LSU. Let's just say that. Usually that's what the, that's what their, their game is built on, running the ball and defense. And in this game, they had neither. You're not going to win many games in the SEC rushing for 49 yards against UCLA. All right, yeah. we got to talk about your uh, – one more before we talk about your boys. Michigan State looked impressive. I doubted the new coach, and uh, maybe Northwestern's terrible. You never know. Every other year, they're terrible. And then the right. following year, they're pretty good. But uh, Michigan State took care of business. I was kind of shocked how bad they beat them up early in that game. I do. I, I do think that that coach is going to come in. I was a Mel Tucker come in, give them a little bit of attitude, give them some structure. Usually, Michigan has they have athletes, but um, usually, you know, they're they might have a few penalties that hurt them down the line, whatever else. But they've been top, big ten title games before. It's possible group there. It's possible the win championships there. I think, I think he's got the right attitude. I think they follow his lead, and um, I think they're going to be a tough out for anything that plays against them. To be honest with you, yeah. So it won't surprise me. It won't surprise me if they get some wins this year. Yeah, I'll but do I another quick one. Uh, go yeah. ahead. I'll so I'll say, do I definitely quick that they're 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 built into his image. Like, I think they play how he how he coaches for sure. Sorry, All right, real quick, another team that playing in the coach's image, Mr. Fickle getting it done. The Nasty took care of business, 49-14 against Miami. They were up 21-0 in the first quarter, looking pretty solid to start. We'll, we'll know more when they play a better opponent, but still, that's right. how you want to start your season. And yep, we're going to sure. finish. Let's see. Did I catch all the ones we wanted to talk about? Mich so. uh, let's talk about your boys, Michigan. They look like they could win the MAC. Pretty impressed with Harbaugh. <laughs> Let me know what you think. Yeah, hey, you know what? They did what they were supposed to against directional school. Um, you know, I felt Western Michigan was able to kind of move the ball a little bit. So I think there's still some vulnerabilities on defense. One thing I was impressed with is they were running the ball pretty decent. The offensive line was actually pushing the pile, so that's good. I don't know if that's going to work against like Big Ten defenses or not, but initially I thought they're all right. One thing I was happy with was the quarterback play. Um, he's not going to lose them a the game. As far as that, I think Harbaugh is trying to go back, have them run the ball, run play action, have the tight end sets in there, which probably they need to try to do. You know, they're not going to try to air it out all the time, but if they do, I think that they have the quarterback to do so. Now, unfortunately, their best receiver uh, on that punt return ended up tearing his ACL. He's out for the year, uh, Ronnie Bell. Yeah, that, that's, that's bad. That's, uh, that's a huge loss for them because he was their, their, their main guy, their main receiving threat and everything. They do have some other guys. There is younger. They just have to step up. As far I believe as he was uh, their leading receiver last year. Yeah, he, last year and yeah, he he was the uh, last two years actually. Um, so that's that's a big loss. Yeah, he had already had a seventy-eight yard uh, touchdown pass that game, and then he had a ridiculous one-handed catch on the sideline that was pretty impressive. I'm not gonna lie, I looked that up. Ronnie Bell sideline catch against Western Michigan is pretty solid. Um, yeah, just he had a good return, and on, on the punt return, it was probably like thirty yards. Just got rolled up and he tried to walk off the field, couldn't do it, completely pressure on it, and they got the MRI definitely on ACL. So yeah, I feel terrible well. for the kid. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For I sure. mean, I never want to so, see anybody get hurt. I don't care who they play for. 
Uh, right. well, it's early enough in the year. He probably could redshirt this year because now, you know, if you play a little bit, it, it doesn't count until after how many games now, four or something? I think, so. I think it's four games, yeah. So he, he can come back. You know, I know he was looking to go to the NFL after this season. He probably would have been drafted for sure. I mean, he's not the biggest guy, but he's out there. He's fast. He's quick. He makes plays. He has good hands. So, Yep. All right, man. That's pretty much a college rundown. It's pretty exciting weekend, man. I'm looking forward to someone beating Oklahoma. Hopefully, it's Kansas, and then we can quit <laughs> talking about them. So it's about all That'd I got. Funny they do. Yeah, I would love it. So, so what do you got? What I got next? All right. So there is a video went up, and I wish I could post it right here right now. Of uh, Trent Dilfer, who's a former NFL uh, player. He's a high school football coach now. Um, he won the Super Bowl with the Ravens back in the day. Um, and it's a video of him yelling at a kid on his football team. The kid uh, disrespected him, was talking back to him. So it shows him grabbing the kid by the shoulder pads, yelling at him, and telling the kid to sit down or whatever and stay on the bench. And, um, you know, it's just it's one of those things where it's just, is that too over the top? Is that too old school for nowadays or, or not? You know, so I know we – I kind of put the poll out there on Facebook a little bit, had a couple different reactions overwhelmingly. Excuse me. Overwhelmingly, everybody that most people had said that they were they were fine with what the coach had said, with what the coach had done, and how he was treating the situation. Now, if it was something where he was just yelling at the kids, to yell at them, there's no message behind it. Might be a different story, I feel like. But overall, the way he handled the situation, um, if the kid was disrespecting the coach and the kid was talking back to the coach, then he was setting them straight as far as the situation. And I think I go ahead and would agree, would agree with that. Um, in general, though, what I suggest coaches putting their hands on their players or like guiding on that, probably not. I think it just depends on the coach relationship with the players and the coach relationship with probably the families of those players. So I feel like if, if they have a better relationship with them, then something like that is more acceptable and the parents be more on board with them disciplining their children, their kids in that way. But I don't know, that, that's, that's kind of my initial thought on it. Uh, it's a bad look by today's standards, right? There's no getting around it. Uh, I mean, I remember, you know, you remember when we used to play youth band, like, I mean, they used to get mad at us, make us play bull in the ring, like when we're eight years old and stuff, you know what I mean? Oklahoma yeah. drill, uh, running push-ups, leg lifts. I hate leg lifts, man. Those were the worst. Like, uh, you know, coaches would grab kids by the face mask, by the shoulder pads, yeah, I didn't think nothing of it at the time, right? And I never felt like, you know, even as a kid, it's hard to remember how you feel as a kid, but, like, I don't remember it ever bothering me really, you know what I mean? Like, I got the message, like, I screwed up. And I was that right. player that did dumb stuff all through my senior year of college. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, even, I mean, even a veteran senior can forget to go out on punt team once in a while. I mean, it happens, you know what I mean? <laughs> right, right. I know so, me, like, yeah. I, I never really was worried about anything or whatever. I didn't really care about anything. I, I wouldn't like if a coach grabbed my face mask. I never actually had it happen, but that would probably, if there's ever me being a player, the anything that would bother me, it would be that. Because, like, out of anything to do, like, why are you grabbing my face mask? But I was also one of those players where odds are I wasn't going to have my shoulder pads grabbed or my face mask grabbed anyway. Um, you know, you yell at me, and I would, I would hear what you were trying to tell me, and I could apply it on the field, and it wasn't a big deal. And I wasn't really someone who's going to be, like, you know, doing boneheaded stuff all the time that's going to get me yelled at so that was just never really my thing I was usually pretty good about understanding what the coach was trying to say and executing that but um yeah overall probably not the best look especially nowadays everything social media everything's like 
it happens with NC on social media. So then everybody can be judge and jury and executioner and all that at that point in time. But I don't know. I don't know. Overall, like I said, I think just I think it's really just the relationship the coach has with the players and the families of those players. I think that's what it comes down to. Yeah, I mean, you just can't do it nowadays. That's why I'm going to leave it. Like, you just can't do it. I mean, it's a bad look. Do I personally have a problem with it? Like, if it was my kid, I mean, you never know. I mean, heck, I'm afraid to even say something because someone might say, can you believe it? That person said that it was okay that he could do that to your kid, whatever. But, uh, you know, and what I mean? like, and, and, and I'm not saying that's going to grab a kid by the shoulder pads or whatever. That's, that's probably a little far. But if you're having someone that's, like, you know, yelling at a kid or whatever, and there's a message in what's being yelled at the kid, then I think it's more understandable versus someone that's just yelling to yell. There are coaches out there that is yell to hear their own voice yell and want to intimidate the players, and they want to gain the respect of the players by yelling at the players, make the players feel like inferior to them. And that's not what that's not what you're looking for. Yeah, we're, we're older too, though. You know, also in, uh, on the flip side of it, like I don't remember players really acting up like you see some of this stuff now too. You know what I right. mean? Because you knew, yeah. like, you do stuff like that, dude. You're not playing. You know what I mean? It's right. Well, if the kids were fine, fine. I'll just leave and go do whatever I want. It's like, okay, whatever. You I'll, know, I'll like, tell you a quick story, real quick, how my coach was. Like, my high school coach, he's the winningest coach in Ohio high school football. And some guys were acting up on the team. Uh, I forget exactly what they did, but it was bad. And he made them run around the stadium during the game, the track. During the game, the whole game, they ran the track the whole game. It's yeah. our starting middle linebacker and starting defensive tackle running yeah. around. You know, I mean, he didn't touch them. You know, what I mean, but we got our point across, right? So, right. You know that that's the type of stuff that happens. You know, a great coach, you knew how to do it right. You know, you know, like you just don't touch the kids, right? Just don't do it. Right. I know mean, we 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 had one where there's guy he had a he had drink uh, the night before on two days, and I, you could smell it on the next morning. And the coaches said, "Just run." Just he said, "Just run around the the complex." Yeah, the whole time, whole time, all morning practice. So you know that's the first practice in the morning. These are the longer practice, right? So that was a full two and a half, three hours. Miserable, pushing kids, the sled. <laughs> yeah, kids just running, running around the whole time. Like he shouldn't know when he did. Coach punished him for it. I mean, it's what it, it was, what it was, and because I don't want that happen to me, so I'm never doing something stupid like that. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> so he was, and it was a senior, so he was setting an example, and it was one of the best players on the team, and. You just, you just can't do that. But yep. So we'll see what happens. We'll have to follow up on this one. All right. All right. Up next, Cincinnati Reds. I want to bring this up real quick because the Reds. Yeah. Are you tell me what's going on with the I Cincinnati Reds. I want to know. Dude. I don't know what's going on because when we left last week, the Reds were like a game and a half ahead in the wild card. They were doing well. They were sitting pretty well. Since then, the Reds have lost the last seven of nine games. They're. They're at least a half game back. I don't know what San Diego's done today in their game. They might be a full game back in the wild card. Um, the Phillies are catching up in the wild card. They're right now they're not going to catch the Brewers in the Central, so they need to hold on to that wild card spot. And they're behind on it. And people going in slump, people getting hurt. Bullpen's doing what they do by giving up runs. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what they're going to do. They need to get it together. I'm a little worried. It's going to be down. Is this going to be down to the you know down to the last game of the season? I feel like it's not going to be. Where they can lock it up early and get that, you know, the magic number is this. They're not going to have that at all. That's not happening. They're going to fight till the end of the season. I can tell. Hopefully they can make it. But I don't know. I'm a little worried because this part of the schedule is supposed to be the easiest part of the schedule out of any of the teams that were left. And they're losing games to like the Cubs and the Marlins. I think that the Pirates coming up soon. 
though they should beat the Pirates, but I don't know. It's rough. Yeah, uh, start. I thought Reds might make a push, but it's starting to look like there's going to be no playoff baseball in Ohio this year unless the Reds get turned around. They have, time to, get turned around. They have time to get it turned around. It's not like it's all, all like hope is lost by any means. They just need to play better, and they need to. their bullpen needs to figure it out. Their bullpen hasn't figured it out all year, and that's been the one Achilles heel. Like, Reds are top five in baseball in scoring runs. They score runs, and their starting pitching is not horrible. You know, it's it's the bullpen. Good Flat bullpen out. money. Co- good bullpens cost money unless you can scout like That's the Tampa true. Bay Rays. <laughs> so <laughs> That's true. That's true. So the Reds need to figure it out. I don't know what they're going to do. Um, yeah, I look forward to what happens in the next, you know, next few weeks. But um, that's what I worry about. I worry about their bullpen late innings of games. So. Yeah. Uh, really uh, not much of an update on the Indians other than I don't know if you've seen Fran Mill Reyes hit that ball over the green monster this weekend. Like, no. on. And he uh, no. attributed it to the good vanilla ice cream up there. So. <laughs> that's all right. That's your tribe news for the weekend. <laughs> oh, good enough. Good enough. All right. We're going to do a quick rundown of NFL games week one. What do you got for us, Dave? All right. We got a bunch of games this weekend. Uh, some of the ones we are interested in watching. We'll go first. We'll talk about Thursday night. Uh, I really love it when Dallas gets slaughtered on Thursday night on national primetime TV. They got they're in Tampa, Tampa Bay getting their rings probably. Uh, Tampa Bay is expected to be better than they were. It's almost the same team. Uh, Dak Prescott says he's playing, says he's healthy. I don't buy it. Uh, you don't think Dak's healthy? He's saying he's ready to go, but the guy's had three different issues here and hasn't played much preseason, didn't play at all. Well, didn't play any preseason, right? Didn't play at all since uh, week, uh, what, last year? I forget when he went out. It was pretty early. Yeah. Uh, I still, as good as I thought Ezekiel Elliott is, I don't, I don't know. We'll see if he has enough pride to come back and play how I think he can play. Uh, I still, even with Nolan as their defensive coordinator, I still think uh, their defense will be terrible, uh, and I really enjoy that very much. So, <laughs> has Zeke fallen off the running back cliff? Yes, he's done. You think, you think he's done? Think he's done? Uh, this year, I think it's prove it year. Uh, unfortunately for uh, Barkley, he hasn't got paid yet, but Barkley's the other prove-it guy here. Elliot already got paid. He got his $90 million. Right. Uh, so, see what happens. Uh, any thoughts on that game? Given, you given Dallas any chance, I'll say. Uh, who, who's it against again? Tampa. Oh. That's what no. I said. In Tampa. Tampa's getting their rings. In Tampa. Yeah, Tampa's getting their rings. Tampa's defense is solid. Tampa has Tom Brady. Yeah, the two-headed running back monster. Plus, they have all the receivers out of there. Tampa's going to be tough to stop. And Tampa's defense more than anything. But well, I'll say more Dallas not having defense more than anything. Um, I think Dallas will score. I think Tampa will take advantage of that defense. And I don't think it's going gonna, it's gonna to work out for Dallas at all. All right. So, the other game, let's talk about Steelers-Bills. I think we're going to find out a lot about the Steelers first week because I don't think we all really know what to expect from them. Everybody's right. expecting Buffalo to be very good. What do you think? Yep. Same. Buffalo's got a solid offense. They have Josh Allen coming back. They have Stephon Diggs there. They're going to be good. They're going to put up points. Josh Allen's going to give us rushing yards. He's going to give us passing yards. Buffalo's defense is solid. Pittsburgh, don't really know what's going to happen with them. And Big Ben's a quarterback. 
He's old school. They have Najee Harris, and I think they're going to try to use him as a bell cow. You know, getting the ball a lot, getting the ball out of the backfield. They have a lot of talented receivers. I don't know how the Steelers defense is going to be. There. They have T.J. Watt, who is definitely quality, but they had a lot of other holes in their defense from last season. Well, their defense is pretty good. Out. Still got the safety and stuff like that. T.J. So Watt's on Mika, Mika Fitzpatrick. Yeah, Mika yeah. Fitzpatrick, he is back. Um, but they, I know they lost some other players um, previously last year where – it's you know there's a few more holes in defense than what they normally would have. So if they fill those up, it's possible quick, yeah. to hold, that they can hold it down against the Bills. But I don't know if they're going to have enough offense, really. And I don't know. I think it's going to come I, down to the offensive line. We don't. Yeah. There's a lot of question marks on uh, Pittsburgh's offensive line. I think we're going to find out real quick against Buffalo. Yeah, for sure. No, I agree there. And I'll even try to get into a shootout. I think they're going to try to control the ball, but Najee Harris be the bell cow. And um, you know, utilize Ben sparingly as far as doing that. So I still think it's gonna be Buffalo though. So that's that's what I'm going with. All right. I think Buffalo too, but it's I think it's gonna be a good game. Uh another one I'm real interested in watching. We talked about Packers versus the Saints. We got Jameis Winston trying to revive his career against Aaron Rodgers. Big yep. time game. What do you think? I think the Packers are gonna take it to New Orleans. Um wow. I do. I do. I mean, I don't, I don't, well, I just don't know if I can trust Jameis Winston. You know, he sat behind Drew Brees. He learned a lot or whatever, but is he still the same Jameis Winston who can throw for 350 yards and three touchdowns, but he'll also have three or four picks, you know, or he'll have a bonehead of play where he fumbles the ball. He's, he's always been a turnover machine. He's been a turnover machine his whole career. It's nothing new for him to fumble the ball or throw interceptions. So as good as he is, he's always going to, you know, two steps forward, at least one step back, probably two steps back, you know? So I don't know if you can put your all of your trust in the James Winston right now. That's if a, Winston that's does opinion. turn it around this year, then coach the Saints, man, that dude. Uh, guru. TV guru. Guru. I got his legacies riding on that, man. If he turns Winston around, the Saints are big-time players this year. Yeah. Uh, you know, huge legacy thing. All right. Uh, I'm with you. I got Packers. Uh, even though Rodgers didn't play, there's some issues with the Packers. It'll be interesting to see, but I still got Packers. All right. matter. He's better in preseason. He's good to go. All right, let's talk about your game first, since there isn't much, quite as much hype around Bengals-Vikings. What do you think? Bengals-Vikings um, in Minnesota. In Minnesota. It's in Minnesota, right? Yep. Yeah, it's in Minnesota. The Bengals, we'll have to see. We have, first of all, you got to see how their offensive line is. That's, that's the key as far as that. Um, Joe Burrow, because he didn't really play preseason, so I don't know how much he's really trusting his knee yet. Um, I mean, physically, it's fine, but I think it's just a mental thing. I think he needs to get hit. He needs to just kind of get that out of his way so he can think about his knee, his knee less when there's bodies falling around him in the pocket. But ultimately, I think it's offensive line. They got to protect Burrow. I think the Bengals need to run the ball. I think they need to utilize Joe Mixon as a bell cow and then run their offense through Mixon and run play-action passes and everything from there. And then from there, I do think the defense is better. Um, I don't mind their DBs. I don't mind the D-line. I worry about the linebackers. I think the linebackers have issues covering backs of the backfield and receivers in the slot and coverage. I think that's where the weakness is on defense. I think that's where the problem is. But overall, can it beat the Vikings? Yeah, because the Vikings, their defense has been on decline. If the Bengals offense line can figure it out, I think Bengals can score them. But have to stop Cook. Got to stop Cook. And that's going to be tough. Because he's, uh, so, he's consistent. So I'm going to do this to you because I want to. No, uh, no, putting you on the spot. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. Zach Taylor, make or break year. Is he the coach of the Bengals at the end of the year? Go. Yes. Yes. All right. Second question and final question. Joe Burrows, has he come back player of the year in the NFL this year? I'm trying to think who else would he be. There's a few other players, like either him or Saquon. I think he'll have a better year than Saquon Barkley. Yeah. Burrow, okay, you heard it there first. Terrell is calling it. Is that going to be the coach of the Bengals next year? Burrow's going to be comeback NFL player of the year, and the Bengals' record will be go. What, 17 games? They will be, ooh. They'll be around 500, like eight and nine. Okay, that'd be pretty good in that division. All right. I agree. Let's uh, let's go to the big one here. Sunday afternoon, 425 national television. The Cleveland Browns are visiting the defending AFC champs, Kansas City Chiefs, Arrowhead Stadium. What do you think? That's it's gonna be hype. It's gonna be hype. It's it's the first full capacity game in Kansas City for a while on Arrowhead. That's tough. And the Browns pretty much need to come out and try to slow down the Chiefs' offense. They're not going to stop them. They got to slow them down. Now, luckily for them, Kansas City doesn't have much of a defense themselves, so they'll probably score a lot of points too. Uh, they'll probably go ahead and try to control the ball with Nick Chubb, which I think would be a very smart game to keep Patrick Mahomes and the offense off the field. So it is possible for the Browns to win. But I don't know if I have enough faith in their defense. One thing I will say is Kansas City, they're trying to upgrade their offensive line to protect Mahomes a little bit better. Their offensive line was hurt and they were struggling last year. And I think they've so, done. That. I think they have too. But I mean, the Browns strengthened their defense line as well with Clowney, the rush alongside of um, oh Miles Garrett. So I mean, those are that's two outside degrees that that's tough as far as that. But um, man, it's it's a hard game to pick, man. But I'm gonna stick with Kansas City home field advantage, Arrowhead, and their offensive firepower. All right, you know what? You know who I got? I got the Browns. Because that weak stuff don't live here no more, like Landry said on Hard Knocks, right? <laughs> Anybody that's going to watch this podcast on YouTube, you're going to see Dane's shirt. Dane's rocking his brownies hat. He's got a GVR brown shirt on. He's repping to the core, to the fullest. And I got my yeah. Browns mug. I'm even drinking an orange beer. So <laughs> He's all in. He's all, all I got in. A, I got a Bengals hat on, so I'm good. Bengals yeah. hat, orange shirt. We're good to go. I'll tell you what, if Clowney and Garrett stay healthy and I'm a quarterback in the National Football League, I can't think of a defensive line I'd rather see than not rather not see than them two coming at you. Yeah, they got all them they got all them defensive backs and stuff like that from the Rams who had a stud defense. It's now the Browns. The Browns defense is totally revamped. I'm still have massive concerns at linebacker, uh, especially when Phillips tore his bicep gonna be out for the year. I thought he was our best young player. Uh, still major concerns at linebacker, but I think they're banking on. Oh, and you got to remember Tech McKinley. He's on the roster after some issues. We still don't know why he wasn't at camp or anything, but that's your right. third defensive end. And they're going to bring him in on packages where he plays the end. Clowney's going to move inside and put him against guards. Clowney against guards. Miles Garrett, move them guys around. Man, it's going to be scary because I don't think the linebackers, they're banking we're going to need that much linebacker support. So Right, right. Yeah, but they're getting speed. It's all about speed because obviously everybody in the AFC North is getting speed at linebacker because you have to stop Lamar Jackson because if you don't stop him, you're not beating the Ravens. So everybody's going with speed. Your linebackers like that OKJ or whatever from Notre Dame, I'm going to try to pronounce his name still. 
Yeah, uh, hey, he's undersized, well. but he's fast. And that's yep. what you mean when you're playing them teams. So I got Browns, big upset. I'm calling. I don't think it's going to be as many points as people think first game of the year. I'm going to go 27-24 Browns in a thriller. All right. That's what we got. And I want to throw out one thing. Yeah. The game I don't care about is the Jags and Texans. Can you think of a worse way to spend your Sunday than watching the Jags play the Texans? Hey, it used to be like it. watching the Browns play the uh, uh, Chargers at the end of the year in December. You know what I mean? Like, just bad. Hey, all those Ohio State fans, when we watch Urban Meyer, his NFL coaching debut, you know, he has everybody all upset with all the comments he's made so far this offseason. Oh, we'll, hey, we'll see what happens. Hey, I hope Trevor Lawrence does well. I do want to. I like him as a player. I think he's a great NFL player. He's I making rough probably. Football. I guess you could probably say this about every game involving the Texans this year, but <laughs> with the Jags playing them, yeah, yeah, you're right. It's Urban's first game, so there might be some interest, but uh, no one's going to care. This game is meaningless. Neither of these teams are doing anything. If Urban Meyer does anything this year, I will be shocked. So Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, will, will, will Urban Meyer make it to a uh, Will he make it to a third season? In yes. The yes. Okay. I'm saying yes. I think he knows he's, you know, as great a coach as he is and say, he, he's an arrogant guy. His coaches have egos and uh, he knows what everybody's saying. He hears all these people and all these talk shows saying he probably ain't going to last the year. He knows right. that. Uh, you know, I, I think he just can't, he, he can't even take bad plays. Well, right. Uh, when he was in Ohio state. So be interested to see what happens. Uh, but because this is a game we don't care about, nobody gives a damn about, we're going to move on. So what do you got? <laughs> that, that works. So up next, no, it's going to be you, rapid fire. You got oh, yeah, rapid yeah. Fire. Yeah. All right, man, I'm putting you on the spot a lot today. So here we yeah, go. That's messed I'll, up. I'll answer the questions too, but the only bad part is I already know the questions. So, all, all right. right, we're starting off with this one. What is your favorite pop song? Pop song. Well, pop. Pop song. Not R&B, not rap, not rock, pop. Because I, I would say, like, I'm thinking back, you know, when I was younger, I think, like, something like 112, like, you know, Peaches and Cream or Red Party and Jagged Edge, but I know that's too R&B or whatever. So, I mean, I could say something Britney, Britney Spears. I don't think I so. Always, I don't yeah. know if I do that. Britney. You say what? <laughs> I love Britney. Not to be Britney. I feel like I grew up with Britney. I'm, no, I'm going to say the Timberlake, Justin Timberlake and Timberland, uh, sexy back. All right, there we go. I'm going to go old school on you. I'm going to go. It's a tough call for me. I'm going to go when Doves Cry by Prince. And I'm also partial to A View to a Kill by Duran Duran. It's old school for you. If you don't know what it is, look it up. Good songs. All right, number two, favorite shoe. Your all-time favorite uh, shoe. I say the, the Jordan 3s or um, it's called Jordan 3s, uh, King Griffey Jr. from back in the day, or the Deion Sanders primetime shoes. Had those back in the day. Nasty. There you go. All right, I brought mine real quick. These are authentic 1985 Air Jordan 1s right there. About mint condition. These are my it, favorite. You won't see them wants to see very these often. If you see these shoes, our podcast will be on the YouTube channel. Um, yeah. Episode four, Dane showing off the the vintage Air Jordan ones. So yeah. those are pretty sick, though. Those, those, yep. those have, have to be shut for show. You can't wear those. 
No, I can't wear those. Got the leather authenticity and everything, man. Those, those are still my favorites. <laughs> All right. Let's go to the next one. Favorite candy? Gummy bears, hands down. <laughs> if, I, if I had never ate any other candy ever in my life, anybody that knows me, gummy bears, that's it. If I get a bag of large bag of gummy bears, it'll be gone in a day and a half, guaranteed. I get it for birthdays, I get it for Christmas, holidays, whatever. Gummy bears. That's all I got. Okay. Remember when you're younger and you used to have to sell candy to make money for like the youth programs and stuff like that? Yep. I was obsessed with the Carmelo bars. Carmelos, man. Things were good. I loved that when I was younger. All right. What are you watching right now other than sports? Other than sports, ha, not much. Um, I, <laughs> I am watching on um on HBO Max. I'm watching a show called Titans. And it's um, based on the Teen Titans. So that was a group of superheroes, vigilantes, like based on um, Batman, not Batman, but Robin. And like a lot of, a lot of the superheroes that were his age, um, as far as doing that. Kind of like a grimier, darker uh, feel to it as far as that. So I recommend that for HBO Max. Um, trying to think what else. Most things I've watched lately has been um, sports-wise. So... Um, I watched a show called Manifest on um, on Netflix, and then um, the new season of All American. I know that's kind of a sports show, but it's on the CW. Um, I recommend that to anybody that wants to that that's you know talking about high school drama kind of, but you know based around football. All right, all right. I'm gonna go. I've been watching it forever now. Walking Dead season eleven, final season. Thank God it's almost over. I'm done with it. But I have to watch it. I was talking to my brother, and I even texted him. I go, man, we're going to watch this. He goes, yeah, we have to. We've been with it this long. It's three seasons, three episodes in, but it's been very good. So I'm looking forward to what happens. I have never watched The Walking Dead in my life. Oh, I've never never seen one episode. And then I tried because I like the zombie stuff. I tried Black Sunday on Netflix. I watched the first season. It was pretty good. Another zombie. They almost the exact same thing. Only like super zombies are fast, run around, tackling and shit. Right. So, uh, what's the it was, zombie I, movie I about watching Batista? the second season. I got, I was over it. Huh? What's the, what's the zombie movie about with Dave Bautista in it? I heard that's actually that's good. Cool. That's on Netflix. That's just one movie. I, I highly recommend watching that. I can't think of what it is right now. Right. Uh, I, I did watch that. I thought about watching it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Vegas is quarantined and he's got to go in with an elite force to fight some okay. super zombies. Yeah. I mean, if you got nothing to, if you got some brain cells to fry, uh, there you go. Okay, good to know. Batista's becoming quite the star. Yeah, getting props. Yeah, and then I got (laughs) – what do you – everybody wants to know, what do you order at Waffle House? Okay, so that depends. All right, so (laughs) if I'm going to, like, stop by Waffle House before I go to work or something like that, I will get three eggs scrambled, side of bacon, the bull grits, and um, wheat toast with strawberry jelly and a water. Or an iced tea. All if right. I'm there like late night, like somewhere between like 1 a.m. and 5 a.m., I'll get either the All Star Special with the hash brown smothered covered side of bacon, and um, I'm trying to think if I get anything else, or I'll get the ham and cheese omelet. Okay. With grits, uh, I do like Waffle House grits are solid. Not they are. Uh, 
First off, I would never go to Waffle House unless I was out after a long night. That's the starter for me. Got, you got to respect it a little bit. You got to respect it a little bit. And I don't think I've been there since I've been with you to a Waffle House. I think that's the last time I've been there was with you. So you know how long it's been. And <laughs> you know what I get? I get the scattered all the way. I'm not really sure what it is, but there's there's uh, chili sauce all over or something with it's jalapenos. Cheese, it's cheese, ham, onions, jalapeno, chili. And tomatoes, dice. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm yeah. good on that. That yeah. that'll leave you, that'll leave you hurting for a few days. No matter how hard you party, and man, you're gonna feel all right the next morning on that one. <laughs> yeah, makes you feel good inside. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll go with that. Final no. question. It's start right now. It's zero zero in the first quarter. Who you got, the Ville or Ole Miss? Me and you's been to Papa John Stadium for some games. We definitely have. I'm going Ole Miss. You know, Lane Kiffin's out. He won't be coaching the team because he has uh, he has COVID. But I'm still going Ole Miss. I think they're going to come up. I think if he was in the game, if he was there, I think it would be a blowout. It still might be a blowout. But I think Lane Kiffin, he's gonna, he has going the right direction. And it's not going to take them It's not gonna take them long to be good. And I don't think it's going to take him long to get another job as long as he keeps his mouth shut. Uh, I'm going to say Ole Miss because if he loses this game, he'll already be done at Ole Miss. They'll throw him out, and I need you to come to the Akron Zips, baby. When you take that step back, I need you to come coach the Akron Zips. Bring hey, the fear, Zips, the root. fear the roof. Fear, fear the roof. If you can turn around the Akron Zips, you'll go down as the best mid-major coach of all time. <laughs> so, oh, all right. Good. What do we got? All right, is that all we have for rapid fire? They might be it. That's what I got for you. All right, so Ed, that means you know what we have next. Get real with Dane. Dane, what do you got, man? Oh, man. Hey, let me take a drink before I start on this one. <laughs> um, Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons. So, you know, I'm, uh, I'm the – I know I'm going to take a break from bashing on the Cavs because, you know, I'm the NBA guy on our, our thing here. I love the NBA. But some stuff makes me extremely angry. So, I'm telling Ben Simmons to get real. Get real. You're telling the Sixers you're not going to show up because someone hurt your feelings and told you you don't work hard and put in no effort in the offseason or do nothing? Look at the God-given talent. You're 6'10 with all that athleticism, and you still can't shoot? What year is this in your in, in, in your uh, uh, career, right? You're gonna, This dude's going to have a short career. Because what's the first thing that goes when you're an athlete? Your athleticism, right? Right. And, yeah. never gone, and then what good are you in the NBA if you can't shoot? You ain't no sure. good. That's why people who can't even shoot, but they think you can shoot like Kyle Korver missing every shot for the Cavaliers when they were in the playoffs, still has a job when they're 39 years old. Don't even get me started on that dude. But the back to Ben Simmons, right? <laughs> let, me, let, me look, let me look at these stats real quick, right? 12 games, you average 33.5 minutes per game, 11.9 points per game, 7.9 rebounds, 8.8 assists. Looks pretty decent on paper, right? Field goal percentage, 62.1%. You don't do anything but a dunk, but it looks all right, right? Looks all right. right. Free throw percentage, 34.2. As a point guard, as a – this isn't Shaq. We're not talking Shaq. Shaq shot better than this. 34.2%. That's tough. Dude missed 45 free throws in the playoffs. 45. That's mental. Well, he, what is a free throw but anything but practice and commitment to your craft? 
right? If you put any work in at all, any work at all, you would never shoot 34.2% from the free throw. Why doesn't he go Rick Barry style, start shooting him underhanded? Yeah, and the elimination game, right? He doesn't score in the fourth quarter, then passes up a dunk and tries to pass the ball and it gets swatted away because you're afraid to shoot because you're afraid you got to go to the free throw line. At what point does an athlete have this much pride in himself to make himself a little better so he doesn't have to go through that kind of embarrassment, right? So now you're telling the Sixers, because you know I live in Philly Philly territory, you're not showing up because your feelings are hurt? And you know what the worst part about the NBA is? What do you hear all these people talk? Oh, well, I want Ben Simmons right now. Uh, Golden State's a week and a half. I would extend our run five, six, seven years. We get Ben Simmons. Let's just feed the ego. Just cool. Cool. Let him go in there. Let him go in. Because he's – he, he's a we read all this stuff so i you know because we're in the philly area you hear all this stuff bad team and everything uh doesn't work doesn't want to play with Embiid, even though Embiid says the right stuff right publicly said he wants ben simmons back right uh, so the, and then just to get real quick on the tanking tanking don't work because sixers tank forever and who do they have they have a guy who ain't going to show up the camp a bunch of guys there on the team no more and a seven footer who's going to play 50 games a year and no titles so I'll get real on the tanking, too. Stop that. Stop tanking. Kobe Altman the Cavs. Stop tanking. Try to win some games. Tanking don't work. It don't work. And get real Ben Simmons thinking you're going to go tell the Sixers you're not going to go to practice when you shot 34.2% and missed 45 free throws. Get out of here. Get real. I'm done. <laughs> uh, ben Simmons, yeah, his, his shooting is, is tough. I don't even know what to say about that. So. Good luck. Like, Philly's got him, though. They're stuck with him. I thought they would try to trade him by now. I yeah. thought they would try to get some pieces back for him, right? I guess they have to wait a little bit. For they can well, now he screwed the Sixers. Yeah, it's another reason. Get real, right? Now you screwed the Sixers because now they you, everybody knows you're not reporting and the Sixers can't get the return they want for you. So you screwed yourself. And his agent's Rich Paul, who does this stuff, probably trying to get Ben Simmons back out to L.A. where he stays all summer and doesn't do anything anyway, which would be perfect for him. Then he didn't have to – then he wanted to do nothing all year if he goes out to California, right? So, and and real quick, this is why – another reason I'm upset. Dude signed five-year, $177.2 million. He's just now starting that contract. So, if you trade for Ben Simmons, you get him for the next five years. And, God, you better hope he doesn't get hurt because if he loses a step, he's useless. Uh, he's going to make $33 million this year. He's going to go $33 million against your cap this year, right, for a guy who puts in no work, doesn't do anything to make his team better off the field, right, off the court, right? right. You can look at the assists and stuff. And who's afraid to take a shot in the fourth quarter because he's afraid someone's going to put him on the free throw line because he's afraid to shoot free throws. And there's a lot of evidence why he should be afraid. And how embarrassed would you be if you're at this point in your career and you're a point guard, you can't shoot a free throw. I know I said I was done. I lied. And I know I said I wasn't going to take a shot at the Cavs tonight. I lied, but I'm sorry. Oh, you can't, can't you definitely take... came back through on it. Yeah, yeah, I can't. I can't. Don't even get me started on the Cavs. Let's get let's get on to the messing with your money. That's that's my get real segment. Ben Simmons, get real. All right, mess with the money. I mean, normally I'm talking about how athletes are doing something stupid or people doing something stupid, but mess with their money and lose a bunch of money or whatever. But today we're gonna give it up for a PJ golfer named Patrick Cantlay. He um, 
He won his he won the FedEx Cup today. Or was it that no? This past weekend won the FedEx Cup. Uh that's the seventh point season. Letter by him, the Tory Quiet guy. Don't really hear much about him as far as that. But dude gets dubs. And just by winning the um, FedEx Cup, he won $15 million for winning the FedEx Cup. Leading up to the FedEx Cup, his career earnings was 14.6 mil. So he got the double up. And after one turn, I guess after winning the FedEx Cup, basically winning the equivalent of the golf championship. So because of him, big props to him. His, he just moved up to another tax bracket. Um, you know, congrats to him and good work. Hey, kids, you want to make a lot of good money? Practice golf. Practice a lot. You can make bank. So Me and him always say we wish we'd have played at a young age. That's right. That's Dan, right. you ended this thing like the six o'clock news does after I uh, doom and gloom on the world. Uh, That's right. A nice I got to I got to bring the sunshine. <laughs> got to bring the sunshine. Get right back. We're people. Hey, we're not always gonna be yelling, be mad at people. Hey, we gotta make it. You know, make it a little bit happy, a little bit sunny for people. Plus, it's football season. We're all happy. You know that. Yeah. Just so you know, my get real segment, though, I'm always going to be angry because somebody's going to do something, make them mad. That's why I bring it to everybody's attention. So. <laughs> and I'm just not as emotional about stuff as Dane is. So it's good to get his perspective. I like it. Yep. So, yep. But hey, everybody saw out there, um, got the new Facebook page up for Always Relevant. Check us out at Always Relevant. You can find us there. Uh, find me on Twitter, franchise at franchise1122. Find Dane at D to Mayo. That's D. Uh, what? But D D M E I O. That's yep. right. That's yeah, right. Yep. right. See, I, I had a man like that. That's not right. No. Came right, right off, yeah. man. <laughs> That's right. At D DeMeo. Find him on Twitter. Hit us up on Instagram. We're out there too. We're gonna try to get some more interaction out there with our, with our Facebook page. So we're gonna post some stuff out there. I've posted a few questions, got a few back and forth, a little bit of response. We're gonna keep that going out there. Looking forward to the next week. Don't even know what's coming up next week. All I know is it's football season. I'm happy, I'm ready for it. What do you think, man? I'm ready to go, man. Remember, that week stuff don't live here no more in Cleveland. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what's good. Until then, we appreciate it. We enjoyed it. We had fun. We hope you did too. And uh, we'll talk to you all soon. Later. Take care. All right, everybody. We're here for our final segment, Relax and Take Notes. And today... Like Dave and I were talking about, it's the beginning of the college football season, beginning of the pro football season. But we just want to remind all the fans out there, their teams, is to not take it too seriously. They are all just a game. Um, it's just a football game, just a basketball game, just a baseball game. Uh, as far as college football season, it's just college. Don't take out your anger on the players. They're just out there having fun playing a game. Don't be those people going on social media, putting death threats out there. Remember, it's just a game. Don't lose your mind at your job or be upset with your family just because your team may not have won the game. Remember, it's just a game. That's all it is. Everybody's hanging out, having a good time, enjoying the game of football or enjoying whatever sports maybe they may be watching. Just remember, it's just a game. That's all you have to do. Treat it as such. You can always be a good fan. You can love your team. You can cheer for your team. But just remember, at the end of the day, it's just a game. There's more important things in life. But it's always good to be a good fan, a good supporter fan regardless. So just remember that um, today, Dane and I, we had a fun time on the show. Um, we had a good time. We hope you did too. We look forward to next week in the beginning of NFL football season. And um, we look forward to recording the next show. So until then, uh, check us out on whatever form of social media. 
that you listen to us to, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Google or Overcast, where it is. Uh, check us out on Twitter, Mia at Franchise1122, Dana at DeedMayo. Um, hit us up on our Facebook page at Always Relevant. That's A L W A Y S R E L L E V E N T. We'll be sending out posts on a few things coming out this this upcoming week. So we hope you're looking forward to that. And um, like I said, we hope you enjoyed the show and come in next week. Um, Until then, happy Labor Day, and I will talk soon. Later.